Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. The pandemic has dominated public health news for the past year now. But one thing that has not gone away, if you read the reports from the Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office, which I do, or you get police reports, is substance abuse, particularly the opioid epidemic. But unfortunately, uh, cocaine is making a strong comeback in parts of the Mon Valley. We've talked about recovery on this program before, and the person who we are going to talk to this morning is an expert in helping people recover. He's held both clinical operations and marketing roles over the course of his career, and I believe he's a native of Pittsburgh. We're going to ask him about that. Michael Ogden is a chief executive officer of Recovery Center of America in Monroeville. This is a new inpatient facility that is being developed. He has a BA in psychology from St. Leo University, a master's in public health from Drexel. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, and thank you for having me on. First things first, because, I mean, Pittsburgh, we have to talk about that. You're originally from Brookline, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Born and raised in Brookline. Um, went to Brashear High School, Brookline Elementary, okay. um, and uh, went into the service for a long period of time. And uh, I have a great opportunity to come back and give back to this wonderful community that gave so much to me. What attracted you to – let's define, Let's do some definitions first, even though, I, you know, sometimes I think – I know all these things. A lot of times I don't. What, what is recovery? When we say recovery from substances or alcohol abuse, what, how do you define recovery? So recovery is defined, in my opinion, as the abstinence of use from substances. But not only the, absten- the, the abstinence portion of it, but also dealing with some of the emotional problems that led up to the, the use. So if there's underlying... Uh, um, comorbid issues like depression or anxiety disorders, that process is put into place where that person can continue to be abstinent, but also have some control over those other things that are that are really plaguing them. So the anxiety, sometimes I believe that addicts and alcoholics get into self-medicating. Oh, right? sure. They, yes. Yeah. They, they experience the, the uh, I'm feeling depressed. Hey, I know if I use this substance, I don't feel as depressed. But then, of course, you know, there's a tolerance issue and, and they need more and they need more. And they run into those problems that are the health problems that are associated with addiction. We, what do we often hear from people who consider themselves like social drinkers, for instance? So I just I need to unwind. I need to take the edge off. But what I'm hearing is that then escalates. The, the, it no, it's no escalate, longer taking yes. the edge off. It's now you have to go more and more and more. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's a genetic component to that. I mean, I think that most people who have addiction issues, when they when they talk about their family, there's a family history there. So um, people have to be very wary of that and, and alert that, you know, there's a possibility that, that, that their use could escalate. So something that started to change maybe about 20 or 30 years ago, and, and probably for the better, we're talking to Michael Ogden. He's with Recovery Centers of America's new uh, Monroeville location. But something that started to change, I think, about 20 or 30 years ago, and, and probably for the, for the better, was that we now call addiction a disease. Why do we call 
addiction a disease? Well, clearly it has a, it's, it meets all the criteria uh, for a disease. And we know that uh, we continue to research more and more. We know that there's actual brain activity that uh, identifies an addicted father and addicted son. We, we, we have proof now that there's a progression of the disease. Um, we have their signs and symptoms. Um, there's different things that we use the ACM, which is uh, a way to uh, define the disease and, and look at it. And we know that there's a clear progression. We know that there's signs and symptoms of it. We know that there's things that we can do, um, interventions that we can use, both medically based as well as uh, um, just social interaction with individuals to get the talk therapy that they need. So clearly defined, we have those things, just like cancer, just like diabetes. Um, these are things that we know that there's ways to deal with that and, and help another person get well. Um, we're going to be talking about the new inpatient rehab center that Recovery Centers of America is opening in Monroeville. Um, I, I should mention from the outset, it is a for-profit business. We're going to ask uh, Michael about that. But if you are interested in what they're offering, I understand they are also recruiting. They are hiring right now. Uh, RecoveryCentersOfAmerica.com is the uh, uh, URL, the website. Uh, you can also call them toll-free, and I believe it answers 24 hours, uh, Michael, 877 520 9659. I'm correct that I, that answers 24 hours? That is correct. And we'll answer in a few rings as well. <laughs> which is always, and you don't talk to uh, a computer, which uh, a lot of us who have been working from home these days, who have been fortunate enough to keep our jobs and work from home these days, I'm getting a lot of calls from computers these days, Michael, and I'm probably sure you are too, and most of our <laughs> listeners. Um, let's talk about that, because with this pandemic, a lot of us have been stuck at home. Uh, we may be cut off from either our coworkers, if, if we have a job that we work from home at, not everybody is lucky enough to do that, cut off from from church or synagogue or temple, cut off from just going to the neighborhood restaurant, going to the fireman's carnival, going to the veterans club, wherever it is that you like to go to see and interact with other people. You know, I belong to a model train club and we've suspended our meetings, right? Because, you know, it's not safe. And in fact, one of our members actually got sick. So how has this pandemic, this isolation affected people who may also have an addiction problem or a past addiction problem? So I, I think one of the things, and, and we know that when people are in active addiction, they isolate from others, right? And they, they step back and they don't do the things and the social interactions that are important to them to make them feel better about their role in the community. So they kind of take a step back and that component, the, isolated, the isolation, and the loneliness that kind of ensues with that draws people back to, to use. I've talked to a lot of people recently who have relapsed and they told me that, you know, for a while they were doing great and they were in touch with people and they were talking and they were doing the things that they needed to do. And let's face it, I mean, therapy for people is life-saving mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it makes a, a, a tremendous impact on their lives that they know that they feel connected with others and that they, they can talk about some of the challenges that they have. Um, therapy breaks down the stigma um, that's associated with addiction. And it helps them understand that there's other people out there who have some of the same issues. So when that's not there, that kind of creeps back into their life. And, and that's what's dangerous about, you know, the isolative part. Clearly, we need to isolate somewhat and, and do the things that the, the CDC tells us to do and follow up, wear our masks, do those kind of things. But when you're suffering from a, a 
disease like addiction, it makes things a little harder for them. We're going to have to take a break here in a minute or two, but I want to continue that train of thought. Michael Ogden is our guest this morning. He is Chief Executive Officer at Recovery Centers of America. It is a new company that is opening an inpatient rehab center, obviously in Monroeville. He most recently was at the uh, Devon facility, which I guess is near Philadelphia. That is correct. It's a Philadelphia mainline area. Okay, okay. Um, uh, we were out there a year ago, and when this pandemic uh, <laughs> subsides, we look forward to visiting out there again. Uh, you can find them online if you want more information, recoverycentersofamerica.com. I have a friend who I think she recently got her 25-year chip from Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and she's very proud about the fact that she's been able to stay sober. Um, and one of the things that has helped her um, has been through this pandemic, her 12-step meetings have gone online. But I'm guessing that, A, if you don't have good internet access, you don't have a computer, or you're not in a 12-step program already, how, you know, she, she already had this network of people who she already knows, and they just moved their meeting online. Right. How important, first of all, are those 12-step programs? And second of all, what are people in those 12-step programs missing from not having the face-to-face -face interaction? So I think that's part of it, the connection and, and knowing that um, there's a lot of power in knowing that you share a collective goal with other people that are around you, that mm -hmm. you surround yourself with. And I'm thrilled for your friend too. 25 years is what a remarkable um, uh, recovery. It's, 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 it warms my heart to know that people have that experience. And I, I think that when we talk about, you know, 12 step meetings, we know there's a saying in the program, meeting makers make it. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason why that's there because they use the professional counseling. They do the things that they need to do. They have a connection and a, a commonality with other people and they're, they're together and they work collectively to help each other stay sober. Um, no man is an Island, you know, uh, mm -hmm. kind of that concept. Yeah. And, and I think that the connectivity and the, camaraderie and, and the fellowship, quite frankly, is, is what helps keep people sober. We're going to take a break right here. Michael Ogden is chief executive officer of a new facility in Monroeville uh, that is being opened by Recovery Centers of America, and they provide inpatient treatment for alcohol and substance abuse. Uh, if you'd like to know more information about them, recoverycentersofamerica.com. Uh, you can also call them at 877-520-9659. Uh, I do mention, because we have talked to a number of nonprofits on this program, I don't want people to get the wrong impression that it, this is a company. Um, they are not paying anything for this time. However, we're not receiving any remuneration. Um, but I think Michael's perspective, and also that we have this new business moving into our area, is definitely worth highlighting. When we come back, Michael, I want to talk to you a little bit about the RCA uh, model of treatment, how they treat people, and why inpatient why you offer inpatient treatment as well as outpatient treatment, okay? All right, great. Uh, we're talking with Michael Ogden. You are listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Strifler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Strifler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Strifler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Strifler's.com or call 412-678-6191. 
you are in the process. Uh, you have returned to Pittsburgh, as we mentioned at the top of the show. You're originally from Brookline. Um, you've returned from the Philadelphia area. You're working for Recovery Centers of America. What what does Recovery Centers of America do, first of all, and where did it get started? So uh, it gets started by our uh, uh, president and co-founder, or excuse me, our founder, um, Brian O'Neill. Um, he was uh, working in um the construction industry, and he is an all-around good person, and he was uh, helping people repeatedly um, in the community and trying to get people hooked up with treatment, um, kind of being an interventionist, quite frankly, and uh, was helping people, and one of the things he started to recognize was that some of the facilities that people would use were kind of substandard. Um, they didn't have a lot of uh, amenities they weren't nice places they were and in some cases i think uh um, didn't wouldn't be a place that kind of supports recovery and and helps a person heal um one of the, the things that we're so proud of in our facilities is that when you come in it looks like a five-star hotel um i always joke uh, it's my job to run a five-star hotel a five-star rehab and a five-star restaurant so I kind of have three different hats at, at times, but it, it's something that we we care so deeply about because you know people are already beat up from drug and alcohol use, right? Uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, they're spiritually, they're dealing with so much when they come in. So we want to give them an opportunity to walk through our doors and to just kind of focus on getting well, not focus on all the other things that led them in the door, but to help them start the healing process, get their foundation, and then go into an outpatient program and practice daily living and do the things that they need to do to stay sober. This would be, what, your 16th facility? Yes. Okay. Um, this will be our 10th residential facility and okay. uh, 16th overall. And you are operating in, I believe, Massachusetts, Illinois, and Pennsylvania and Maryland? That is correct. So most, in New most, Jersey as New well. Jersey, I'm sorry. So mostly the Northeast United States right now. Uh, Michael Ogden is Chief Executive Officer of Recovery Centers of America at Monroeville, recoverycentersofamerica.com. If you want more information, we're talking about recovery, and we're also talking about this new business that is opening up uh, in our area to fill what is clearly a need. I think addiction has probably touched every single person who's within the sound of my voice, right? They either know someone or maybe they themselves uh, are in recovery. Um, so, where is this new facility then in Monroeville going to be located? Position this for people who are listening. <clears throat> so we're located at 2380 McGinley Drive, which uh, for most of the local folks, you'll know that that's right behind Forbes Hospital Yeah, okay. um, in Monroeville. Um, it's a great location. Uh, the building is, is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's 78,000 square feet. We intend to have 138 beds um, that are focused on getting people well. And why Monroeville? Well, one, it's it's a it's a central location. Uh, it's it's wonderful for people from the if you're coming from the downtown areas, you just park uh, jump on the uh, Parkway East. People from around the surrounding area can uh, easy access to the Turnpike. Um, so a very central location for people, uh, ease of access to them. One thing I was thinking of when you were describing this is, is sort of you you view your role as as providing this very welcoming. Uh, environment that, you know, you've come in, you've been beat up, as you put it, 
and, and now we're going to take care of you, right? Um, people may be familiar with this kind of model, especially if you're a little older like me, when the Betty Ford Clinic was a new thing. And this is probably something that people think, well, only celebrities do that. You know, I don't, I don't know if I want to name any in particular, but that's, that's, that's something for Charlie Sheen. That's not for me from <laughs> Monroeville or from North for Sales. Clearly, your model is successful if you've got 10 residential facilities and this is going to be your 16th facility overall. Well, you know, it, it's, I'm so glad you brought this up because the reality behind it, it's, a, it's affordable care. And, and one of the things that, that we strive on, and I know that, that um, my boss and my boss's boss all want, is the ability for people to access affordable care. And, and you know, it's uh, one of the things that I always talk about is, is that because our facilities are nice and because we maintain them well and we, we work our tails off to give somebody a world-class experience, it doesn't mean it's expensive. And, and well, quite frankly, I, I tell people, I challenge them all the time. It's like, if that's good, why do you have to settle for good? Why can't you settle for great? You deserve this. And, and part of what we're trying to do is break stigma to say to people like, you deserve this opportunity to be in a nice place, to be in a safe place, to be in a clean place, to start your recovery. Does, does health insurance pay for an inpatient stay? They do. As a matter of fact, uh, most when we're in network, it actually saves people money because their co-pays are, are less because we're a network provider for them. So, so let me ask you a hard question then. Um, here in Pittsburgh, we've had this, you know, ongoing struggle between the, the two big healthcare providers, uh, AHN Highmark and UPMC. Are you in network for, for both of them or either one of them? We intend to be in network with both of them. We're in the process of doing that. Okay. Um, and we, we want to give their members an opportunity to have world-class treatment. How, how long is an average stay for an inpatient, for, uh, for so, person taking inpatient treatment? So ideally, um, we work with managed care entities um, to be able to uh, manage the care we want people to have 40 days of care. Uh, we want them to have that. Um, we average anywhere from uh, 22 to 24 day length of stay, um, which is important for a person because, you know, let's be honest about this. A person comes into care when they need residential care. There is a long period of drug use or alcohol use that probably led up to that. I was just going to interrupt. Let me just interrupt you for just a second. Michael Ogden is chief executive officer of Recovery Centers of America. They are opening a new facility in Monroeville. Yeah, by the time they are looking at residential care, my gut feeling is probably the 12-step program has failed. The inpatient program has failed. Maybe they've gone to their family physician, general practitioner, and, you know, all these other things that they have tried have failed. And, and I'm going to guess, and this is not to stigmatize this at all, but I'm going to guess by the time they're looking at inpatient treatment, this may either be court-mandated, right, you know, or the family has given them or friends or coworkers have given them an ultimatum you're going to get treatment treated because this is a, I mean, you're, you're isolating yourself for a couple of weeks now, minimum. Right. Okay. Right. And you know, it, people experience things differently and you're right. Some people, they, they have legal issues and they need to, you know, take that step to, to clear those issues for them. Some people have family issues um, and relationship issues that, that really kind of push them towards the residential programming. That's why we offer a full continuum of care because not everybody needs residential right off the bat. Um, so we can put them into a partial hospitalization program and uh, intensive outpatient and outpatient care as well. Um, but there are people that are at that point that need that medical, uh, uh, medically monitored kind of care 
to help them get stabilized, a detox from the, the drugs or alcohol that they're using, and then begin to work a program of recovery. Let, let me pause uh, right here. We have to take one more quick break. Time goes very quickly. Michael Ogden is Chief Executive Officer at Recovery Centers of America in Monroeville. Uh, this is a new facility. We're going to ask him after the break uh, when it is uh, opening up, and I also understand that they have been hiring, so we're going to ask him about what the career opportunities are, are going to be. They are, as Michael said, it's a 2380 McGinley Road, which is behind Forbes Hospital in Monroeville. You're tuned to Two Rivers 30 Minutes broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, we took the break. You were talking about why, you know, that you do both outpatient and inpatient treatment. But for some people, inpatient is really what they need. You mentioned that the average length of stay is 22 to 24 days. But you mentioned 40 days. Why is that? That's a magical number in the Bible, certainly, for those of us who uh, <laughs> grew, grew yeah. up in the, in the church, right? But yeah. what's, what's, the, what's 40 days? Why is that a magic kind of a number? So... Uh, if you can imagine, as we spoke earlier, you know, uh, addiction is a progressive disease. And as people go on um, their continuum of their use, they need time in care to be able to heal, to be able to start the process, to reset, kind of think about the path that they want to take and some of the challenges that are going to be in front of them. Um, I often look at it in a very simplistic way, and I say to patients all the time, you didn't get here for eating Big Macs and French fries, right? You got here because the use of alcohol or drugs has got to the point where it's interrupted your life where you need this intervention to, to get help. And I take that responsibility very seriously to be able to help somebody understand the challenges that they have in front of them to be able to use that. And you can imagine for the patient how intimidating it is to have somebody tell them, hey, you need to give up your number one coping strategy, and here's what we're going to do to help you do that. You need to um, isolate from the people who may have been the temptation in the first place, right? That is correct. Sometimes people have to change people, places, and things in order to start living a sober lifestyle. I, I've talked to a number of people who have either had um, addictions or have worked with addictions, and you know, they'll say that you, you mentioned places that I know right now we're not supposed to be patronizing bars and restaurants, but I, I, I've known a number of people who had alcohol problems who say they cannot go into a bar even as a, you know, or they can't be around someone who's smoking, someone told me, because they associate the smoking the cigarette with having a drink, and if they do one, they're going to have the other. If they smell one or see the other one, they're going to have the other. So I'm assuming part of that 22 to 24 days is just being away from the temptation. That's correct. And, and it's really about figuring out where you're comfortable and, and what are some of the things that you can do to help keep yourself sober. You know, you were talking about uh, those people that I, I can't go into a bar, I can't be around people who are smoking. Those are triggers, right? So we help people understand what their triggers are and then develop coping mechanisms so they don't feel weak or, or subjected to that. But you can do that. Let me be play devil's advocate. You can do that in 22 days? No, we start the process. Okay. Okay. That's, we start the process. And I think that that's uh, when we were talking earlier, I had mentioned that we give them a good foundation and we give them, uh, we, we make them healthy first, physically, mentally, spiritually. 
we work with them. We have spiritual advisors on on our staff. We have is doctors. It, it's non is it non denominational though? Some someone comes in who's that Jewish, Hindu, Christian, or no faith at all. They're not going to be pressured into. No, okay. that's correct. Okay, I wanted to yeah, make sure. There's, yeah, people, uh, whatever they choose, whatever that looks like, their higher power is. We allow them to to be themselves, and and then we kind of help them understand how those things fit into a recovery lifestyle. Let me throw another curveball at you because this is something, and I know we're running out of time, but this is something that I often hear from friends who are LGBTQ is, you know, there are some faith-based organizations that they won't go to because they don't feel welcomed because they're gay or lesbian or trans. You work with the LGBTQ community as well? Absolutely. They suffer from this addiction and and the the, the disease just as much as everybody else does. And they deserve a place where they can be themselves get good quality care, and, and move on with their lives. Uh, now, you guys have had some uh, job fairs where you've been hiring. I think you've had two so far. Uh, That's what, what positions are you hiring out there, and, and are you still looking for people? We are. We're always looking for team members. We're always looking to build our team and, and have people who are in the community from the community work with us. Um, so we're looking for nurses. We're looking for both RNs and LPNs. We're looking for therapists. Um, we have uh, uh, nurse practitioners. We're looking for uh, people to work in the food service industry. We're looking for people who work in the maintenance departments. Yeah. Um, so we're looking for a variety of people. And, and I'm assuming they go to your website and they can find what jobs are available at the Monroeville facility. That's correct. What, when are you anticipating being up and operational? So we anticipate a, a January 21 opening. Um, so we're, we're uh, rigorously working towards that. Um, and uh, we'll work with the state and the local uh, officials to get our proper licensing and open up our doors and start treating people with some world-class treatment. Well, let me let me ask another tough question because we've got this pandemic that we have all worldwide been dealing with for, like I said, a year now, uh, more than a year for, for folks in China, but I don't think we have that many folks in China listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> how, what kind of COVID-19 protocols do you have to have if you've got people coming in and out, especially if you've got people who are coming in and maybe staying in a, as a residential patient for a few weeks? That's a great question. And um, we do provide uh, COVID testing. So we require people to come in uh, to an observation unit we test them um, to make sure that they're COVID free. And then we require people to wear masks at all times uh, during the therapy sessions. Um, and we treat them um, as if we use what we call universal precautions. We treat everybody, we just assume everybody has COVID. Sure. We, we wear our masks, we hand wash, we do all the things that the CDC tells us to keep us safe. And we do our treatment um, and hand in hand with those uh, precautions. At your other facilities, and I know you came from a facility near Philadelphia, do people self-refer? Does their physician refer them? Does, uh, how, how, do they, how do they connect with your facility in the first place? So, well, you reviewed the phone numbers earlier, yeah. but also uh, people sometimes uh, run into, they have health-related problems that are substance abuse related. So we get p- referrals from ERs. We get referrals from family physicians. We get referrals from family, from the courts, um, from themselves, self-referrals. Uh, so there's a number of different ways where we get people into care. Um, we are just about out of time. Final thoughts. Any any word you want to say to someone who, over this holiday uh, season, you know, maybe feeling isolated, maybe feeling alone, maybe them, they or a family member has a struggle with addiction right now. Yeah, I think one of the things that people need to understand is that giving your family the gift of your recovery would be the most impactful thing in the world to your family. 
to, to understand that nobody's perfect and that, you know, you can get help and there's hope for you. And, and we're there, we got your back, so to say, and, and we'll do everything we can do to help people get clean and sober and be a part of this community. Um, and I meant what I said earlier, but this city has given me so much. Um, I have so many wonderful coaches and, and people in my life that um, really helped me, you know, because my family was uh, torn apart by addiction. And, and I know what it's like for people. So I'm passionate about it. I have a, a drive and I know the people that are joining our team feel the same way. We can save lives. Recovery Centers of America is a new business to our area. They are opening their 16th facility uh, in Monroeville uh, coming at the end of January. Uh, to learn more about them, recoverycentersofamerica.com. Uh, the local phone number is 412 516 9456, but they also have a national phone number, 877-520-9659. Michael, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening today to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.